we didn't have a weight room per se. We called it a weight room, you know, but it really wasn't any weight. But I would improvise. Now, I don't want any of you guys uh, calling in and telling our secrets about using them chairs, uh, the folding chairs, running them, holding them over our heads, and, and running with the tables, you know, and lifting them. And, and, uh, you think of something heavy. Go. I'm Dr. Sharon Dukes. And I'm Melvin Dukes. We're HBC graduates. Proud educators. And most importantly, husband, husband and wife. And you're listening to After School, School Talk, Talk Podcast. Podcast. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of After School Talk, where I am your co-host, Mr. Deuce, and I'm your other co-host, Dr. Deuce. Dr. Deuce, what's going on today? I haven't missed an intro in a long time. You're doing excellent, superb, <laughs> uh, just wonderful all around, because if you mess up, I'm going to have to put you off. <laughs> so, speaking of which, <laughs> speaking of which... Stop Go smiling. ahead and give us the introduction for the day. Okay, so number one, this is a special episode because this is our 50th episode. 50th episode. Yes, I hang on, hung on you for 50th episode. Oh, I did. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's crazy. Barely. Anyways. We're going to be our kids ourselves now. Anyway. And so for our 50th episode, we have my father. So for those who do not know who he is, because some of the people are already listening only because they want to hear what he's going to say. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to pray through it. Uh, but my dad, Coach Spry, Ron, Ronnie Spry, huh. who served as basketball coach and athletic director for 32, 31, 31, 31 years. That's a long time. That is a long time. <laughs> <laughs> who uh, also had over 500 wins. Yeah. Over 500 wins, two championships. Yeah. Three, three championships. Three championships? Yeah, you, I, listen, you know, okay, wait, let me, let me start. Wait, wait, here's the problem, Melvin. Here's the problem. Due to the uh, increased exposure to basketball that I had, I became very aggravated with the sport. Yeah, you <laughs> I already can't play it anyway. Oh, yes. And then, okay, so this is the other thing. So when you, oh, goodness, you had your name on the floor. How many, daddy's been a long time. He got his name on the floor. In you the can't gym. call him daddy. I can't call him daddy. <laughs> you got to call him coach. Then the kids going to realize I'm saying diddy instead of daddy because it's diddy. But yeah, you got your name on the floor. You're from, wait a minute, we also got to say you're from Kentucky. I'm from Kentucky, What yeah. part of Kentucky? I'm from, I tell people this frequently, some people come from Harvard, some come from Yale. I came from Princeton, Princeton, <laughs> Kentucky. <laughs> Where they got, probably got, what, one McDonald's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> a Walmart? Ab- you're absolutely correct. I got, yeah. There's a bunch of uh, just uh, McDonald's, uh, Walmart, <laughs> uh, Stoplight, all that kind yeah, of stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, correct, correct. So, anything else you would like to share with the audience well, about you and your career? Because this bit, listen, you now, I will never say this to you. Others may say you're a legend. I'm not going to call you a legend, <laughs> but I can say I cannot go anywhere and somebody does not recognize my last name and you coaching or even being a reverend. So I know you only do that on Sundays according to the basketball players. But yes, if you want to share anything else, please do so. Well, first of all, I want to thank uh, you all for uh, allowing and inviting me for your 50th. Uh, You know, I am not only your father, but I'm a true supporter in all you do and all that Melvin do. And I'm blessed to have, as I oftentimes say, my favorite uh, uh, son-in-law, you know, <laughs> and, and, uh, and uh, I tell him that every time I see him, I say, you know, you're my favorite son-in-law. 
And he says, Coach, you would only have one son in law. I said, That's why you're my favorite. <laughs> uh, so, and, uh, so I didn't get some competition. Uh, no, no, you got to worry about that. I'm already right at the top of the list. Well, even right, if you had competition, I'd still be up there. But anyway, keep going, Coach. That's right. That's right. And then at the same time, I, I'm just proud and happy for both of you all. And then this is your 50th uh, podcast. Uh, and, and just invite me. You know, I'm real honored and happy just to be here. And, uh, and I'm just so happy, you know what you all have done and what you're doing. And, of course, my athletic career, uh, sometimes, you know, uh, people ask me, do I ever feel amazed, overwhelmed? And I tell them frequently, uh, I've always tried to remain humble, but I know that I've been blessed. And I I know that uh, being at a college for nearly uh, 31 years and also having championships and also having – being inducted in the three Hall of Fames and your name on the basketball court, and uh, you can lose yourself thinking that you're more than you really are. Right. And so what I try to do is just remain humble. But the thing is that I'm most pleased and most happy with is the young men that I had the opportunity to coach that have uh, even uh, superseded my expectations for their career and their life. Mm-hmm. And I used to always tease them and tell them, even though they thought I was hard and disciplinarian and they tell a lot of stories that's not true about me. You know, oh. uh, you know I'm, I'm a mild mannered, you know, and I'm, Ooh, in the ministry, ministry, I'm into the ministry, you know, but every once in a while I had to lay hands, you know, because Jesus even had to lay hands on right. me. Amen. Amen. So, uh, but, but the thing is, is what they've done with their life. And I always would tell them my goal was to make sure that I do not put myself in the category of coaches who look at them as an object and as a means to making a living and they get a trophy and they get a championship and then the coach move on and with his life and his family but in return they don't they don't have what they really need to hold on to right and that's education and and having a nice career and being independent because everybody's not going to play pro i never would discuss pro with them and then one final thing is i always said this my goal is to keep you out of jail and keep you out of hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and right. so we went to church uh, every Sunday, and and I'm so proud of all of them. And, and I know some of them are glad that they no longer play ball. <laughs> and some of them that did, wasn't as good as they thought they were. I'm happy that they not playing. But it's a blessing, though, like I said. And all the people I worked at the college uh, it had a tremendous impact upon my life uh, from the administration all the way down to the custodians and those that are all in between. And they just, and they're people that I will always be indebted to because they embraced me and loved me. And they, they, they made me who I am. And I said a prayer on July the 22nd, which is my mom's birthday, mm-hmm. even though she's deceased. And I thank her for making me who I am. And, uh, and if I fa- fallen short in any area, I always said, Hey, it's not your fault. It was me because you did the best that you could with me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's just who I am. And, uh, I, and a lot of students I love. I call one today and I'm going to put on blast because she never answered the telephone like she got a problem. Or something. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to have to find out what her problem is. Uh, this girl 
named Fordham. Oh, that Nina. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out. I felt Nina. And you know, we actually our what was that? The anniversary, our wedding anniversary episode. We dedicated to her her yeah. grandparents. Yeah. So yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. The Fordham. I'm trying to figure out what her problem is. Her parents thought her grandparents thought enough to to put her in my hand when mm-hmm. she was in pain. And now she act like she doesn't forget about now that. She can't answer the phone. Yeah, so. you know we had a whole episode about you before, where um, and we titled it "More Than Basketball" because one thing, well, two things. One, I also attended the same college that you worked at. I don't. Yeah, at first, that was a bad <laughs> idea, Melvin. I was like, I can imagine. And I remember, though, I remember as a kid, though, my my dream was to go to Spelman. I was just gonna go to Spelman. And then somebody said something about pain to me one day while you were around, and I said I never go to that school. And then when the person left, you were like, "Listen, now I know that's not your choice, but don't say never because you don't know if you're not gonna go." And at the time, I was like, "No, I'm never never going going to that school. (laughs) No, you work there. It's right here in Augusta. I'm not staying here." And now I'm like, "That was the best." Four years of my life. So I had the opportunity to be on campus while you were working there. But then on the flip side, I had a chance to work at a school where the head basketball coach was your former player. So one thing I realized in both with both of you guys, it was at some point winning is not the priority. Like, I will sacrifice this whole game to prove a point of Absolutely. you can't do this or you can't do that or we, I'm not tolerating this or you're not playing tonight. I don't care if you're the star player. If you didn't do whatever X, Y, and Z was, then that was going to be a problem. So it when people say um, that they care about their student or their athlete, sometimes it's going to take you having to make a sacrifice to really show them, like, I care about you so much that I really want you to get this lesson. Yeah, yeah and, and you know, I do want to expound on you brought up a good point that really dear to me. And I always say this, that if I had been coaching at a major institution, uh, mainstream, right. uh, probably uh, some of the things that did happen that was, that's was been very dear to me would have been more recognizable. Or I appreciate a fun example would be when I look at Coach Bidey. You know, mm-hmm. is a product of Payne College, but he's a head coach at Butler High School. Mm-hmm. When I look at uh, Sean Parks, he was a head coach not mm-hmm. only at Josie, but he was also at Laney. Mm-hmm. And then I look at uh, Dr. Justin Dern. Not only was he an athlete, but he became, got his doctorate degree, was a head coach at Josie and at Laney, and now he's an principal. Mm-hmm. I look at uh, Dr. Willie Atkinson, who comes from a little small town, uh, and 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 which nobody thought anybody of his magnitude or the kids mm-hmm. could excel. Right. But not only was he an outstanding player, but he's now a principal. Mm-hmm. Uh, then when I look at Jerry Hunter, uh, you know, in the history of Lucy Laney High School, that mm-hmm. he's the only male that's won a state championship and taken the baseball team and and revitalized it and took them to the state. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, I, I look at so many guys that came through, but you never hear about those guys mm-hmm. came through mm-hmm. Payne College. Right. And it was just God's grace that mm-hmm. I was there mm-hmm. to, to give them an opportunity to see about not only being coached, but trying to make life better for the athletes, not only at, at school, but away from school. And then, you know, I'm, I'm happy to say I look at Calvin Kenny. He's at Evans High School. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though he was a student at Augusta State University, I allowed him to work with me as a student assistant and help him get his first job as a head coach at mm-hmm. Hesper High School. And then I could 
go on and on. You got a guy down at Jenkins High School, uh, and uh, that he's the head coach of their high school. And I could just so many of them, right. one in Oklahoma, and all these guys came through Payne. So Payne has a rich tradition mm-hmm. of outstanding student athletes, not just right. athletes, right. but student right. athletes. Right. And CEOs in Switzerland and mm-hmm. CEOs, I mean, one of them used to work for Nike and the other one, uh, you know, is in Philadelphia, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I could go on and on that I'm so proud of uh, Daniel Taylor, you know, Mallory. I can just name just so many of them, Pat Williams, Dodson. So it's just too many to name, but I'm proud that they came through pain mm-hmm. and that I had an opportunity to touch their life. Right. They probably glad that they have finished playing. <laughs> <laughs> we made it over. Yeah, you know. Listen, yeah. I understand. Listen, when I was uh, when I was a kid, and I and I knew it might have been a challenge to be on the team, but when I got to campus, that's when I was like, "Oh, I feel bad for you yeah, now." Like yeah, I, yeah. we all, you know, we all heading out, going yeah. here, and you'll see them early to the calf because now we got to leave and go to practice, and then as soon as they leave practice, it's straight to bed because yeah. I got to give them five o'clock in the morning before everybody else get up on campus too. <laughs> And I was like, what do y'all do? Like, y'all, they were like, your daddy. Oh, I'm sorry. I just, yeah. I like to say, I'm I was sorry. about to say, we, we ain't going to go into details about the different <laughs> things that coach has or has not done. But I even remember hearing stories about all of them having to be in one place at one time. So you made sure they didn't go different places. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, boy, he, what, what, <laughs> what the world he had going on with them boys? Like, you can't trust them not to go in the It's not. He said, no, they, all y'all here, lock the doors, ain't nobody going nowhere. Uh, right yeah, that, was, that was some fun times. I, I know that they remember, you know, they're, they're probably a theme song is How I Made It Over. <laughs> I look back. Yes. <laughs> how I made it. But yeah, that was a night that, uh, that they came up to the house to have a meeting. And I told them we were going to have a meeting, you know, and so I said that we want to plan out what we want to do tomorrow against our opponent and everything, and it's important that we prepare. So we just gonna have a little meeting. So sure enough, uh, they came on up to the house, and there's all that where we met. And you know, I said that we gonna make sure you have some pizza and you have some ice cream. And I keep it by. I'm at the house now because I'm I might have been in yeah, high school. So, and they dressed to the nine, yeah, so they 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 yeah. they have intentions after they leave this the little meeting. meeting they going they out so well. The they going so, out so well. Go ahead. So, so when I got finished with the meeting and everything, and I said, "Well, okay, I tell you what I'm gonna do now." I said, uh, "Y'all get some pillows and some blankets," and I locked the doors. And I said, "I'm put the alarm on, so if that door open up." It's going to be a problem. They said, what, what were we doing? I, said, I don't know what y'all doing, but I figured we'd go to bed. <laughs> and he, you know how he's dramatic, with, he's dramatic, right? Got so he, he even called to the back, uh, uh, Sharon, give me um, give me a couple of blankets and stuff. And yeah, I come in, did, you know, my little self just, well, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and they were just looking like, he's serious? I turned back around, went on back up the hallway, like, well, I'm going to go they all got stories. They all got stories. Don't believe them, though. <laughs> Don't believe them. You know, you know, I've always said students has a tendency to exaggerate. And, and old folks would say uh, that's just straight out of line. <laughs> you know. You know uh, I, yeah, I got a tendency. Now, okay. We, which we don't have to have you come back on anyway because we got it's tons of information and um, I've already prepared for this maybe a part one or the part two because he's yeah. going to be he's gonna be, be like your good friend Sean Palmer when we had him we were like just keep talking Palmer we got you we gonna, <laughs> we're going to do part one and part two but the the reason why we had you come is because there's a 
a hot button issue that's been going on um, in higher education where you're seeing the trend of um, top athletes are now looking to HBCUs um, to, to go to those schools to be a part of the athletic program. So the start of it happened, uh, if you any of you guys want to look at it, it's in the academic journal called The Conversation, which was written by Jasmine Harris, who's an associate professor, where she talked about the athlete who is 15 years old, um, Mikey Williams. And so Mikey Williams just simply sent out a tweet. That's mm-hmm. how all of this became a buzz initially. He sent out a tweet saying that he may go to an HBCU. And so this article um, gives a good breakdown of why that was a big deal. Because she was like, I'm sure everybody's like, well, why did that tweet go viral? Who cares about that? But she talks about the um, effect of a top athlete going to an institution and how much money the athlete can bring in because everybody's been following this athlete since they were like this little boy, 15. And so she brought up Zion Williamson, who went to Duke. Um, at the time that he went to do, he was estimated to be worth $5 million at the time that he went. And so she talks about how HBCUs being underfunded, having challenges that athletes tend to not look to them and not recognize that you can still get the same benefit. Like you're an athlete like this, this just because you're going to this school doesn't mean you're less than, but we've seen this time and time again, that is, that's the story that they tell. So even from him to the student who went to Howard, which is, um, my core maker um he sent out a tweet to say that he was going to choose howard he's six foot 11 center is that a good thing because six foot 11 sounds amazing <laughs> oh yeah it's very okay. impressive okay yes so <laughs> he he ended up choosing howard and i'm gonna just say from um i'm heavy on twitter i i have i love all the people i follow on twitter but um this particular athlete when he posted it, it was very disheartening to see the reaction of people you're wasting your time. Are you going to really waste your talents going there? Oh, wow. Have you seen what Howard's gym looked like? This is going to be horrible. So for me, knowing that my father's done this for 31 years, I was interested to hear like your reaction to seeing these athletes now kind of, um, which I think is coming on the heels of the Black Lives Matter, uh, Black Lives Matter movement anyway, where they're seeing all of this happen. They're starting to think, Maybe I need to go to an HBCU. Maybe that might be more suitable for my talents. And I, you know, people told me differently. Well, you know, I'm glad to see it happen. Uh, it's just, you know, history has a way of repeating itself. Uh, that's where we came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of great uh, athletes that have excelled in the NBA and and even playing professional. Uh, Walter Payton, for example, came from Jackson State. You know, mm-hmm. and that's football. And then the, you you got numerous of them that have went on and went to uh, HBCUs. The the thing is, uh, you know, the, the it's there's that stigma. There's that uh, there's this doubt about whether you can go to an HBCU and still make it to the NBA. Mm-hmm. I've always maintained one thing. Jeremiah twenty nine and eleven said, "For I know the plans I have for you." Oh, here we go. So here we go. so so. <laughs> God has a purpose and a plan for each and every athlete's life. Right. And so sometimes they can't believe that he has a plan that for them to go to an HBCU and still reach the level. I always give an example. This young man, uh, I'm glad he had enough courage and enough faith and enough confidence to believe that if I can play at a Division I major institution and be great, I can still be great if I go to Howard University. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan was going to be great 
regardless of where he played. Right. Okay. But yet I know that there was, instead of going to North Carolina, he could have went to North Carolina Central and still been great. Mm -hmm. He may have not gotten the national recognition because of the media, because Mm -hmm. of the resources. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't market, we don't market our players at HBCU like so many of them do at other institutions. Mm -hmm. You know, even the media don't come. Mm -hmm. I experienced even being at Payne College, sometime that we could win a championship, but yet uh, the article would be so much smaller yeah. compared to our counterpartners of the other institution in the community. Uh, I know that uh, you, you take, for example, uh, greatness now. We're talking about LeBron James. As high as he jumped and the things that he do is phenomenal, well, if he was at, uh, you know, he could have went to Wilberforce in Ohio, he could have went to another school, you know, at HBCU, he's still going to be great. The one thing that a lot of times when you don't see great players like them going to these schools, what it does is it market and put a a, a mindset in the kids to follow Mm -hmm. that they have to follow that same court in order to achieve uh, the athletic success. Mm -hmm. And it's sad to say that so many kids are, are, they may go there, but they feel they still don't end up where they want to be. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. True. See, sometimes True. you can be a, a, a big fish in a small pond, mm-hmm. or you can be a little fish in a big yeah, pond. You probably right. Mm-hmm. See, so, so my thing is that I, I, I think that he's setting a, a trend that they want to revisit. But there's more than just going to the school; it's the nurturing. See, nurturing them academically. You know, my thing was about developing the whole person academically, mm-hmm. athletically, Is that where I get that from? socially, <laughs> spiritually, yes. you know, and then, then just all the things that invited preparing them for life. Right. See, and that's one of the things that a lot of people don't recognize about HBCU mm-hmm. because it's coming home and recognize there's a spirit there. And when you go back to, to, to one of those schools after you've been away, whether mm-hmm. you're an athlete or non-athlete, there's a bond there that a lot of people can't understand. Right. I graduated from uh, uh, schools in Kentucky. And uh, one of the things is when I go back for homecoming, there's always that thing, I wonder who's going to be there. Right. See, right. I wonder who's right. going to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, I wonder who's coming. Mm-hmm. And then, but when you come back to an HBCU. Oh, we are coming. <laughs> regardless of what your age was, you could have been a senior and I could have been a freshman, but we still got something in common. Right. And right. there's that, there's that, thing like growing up in the same house but we don't have to have the same parent but boy we going over there to Miss Florine's house cause, you know and so that's the thing but I, I, athletics has had to take a change because I think that a lot of times uh, this young man prayerfully will let others know that hey you can get there from an HBCU mm-hmm. you, you can get there because if you good Right. It'll happen. It'll happen. They're fine. Right. Now, You're you know, right. I, I know that I was good and I knew I was great, but I didn't get there. <laughs> but, 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 but I was the exception to the rule, you know. Now, now, now before you say I just want to add to um, is the, the the statement that you made about, um, you know, at, at your, your D1, major D1 school, you know, the students understand that it's about the athletics and stuff like that. But at the HBCU, there's more more than just the, the athleticism of, of, a, of a student. It, it's, like you said, making them a real, well-rounded person. 
And one of the uh, another top recruit, uh, Brandon Huntley Hatfield, he even tweeted, if I want to go to a power five school, it's all basketball. But in HBCU, it's more about your legacy. And even he understands if I go to a, you know, a Duke or North Carolina, uh, North Carolina or somewhere like that, they're going to be on me about basketball. Mm-hmm. But if I go to an HBCU, I'm going to get way more than that. And, and, and you got to understand that those institutions, you know, not only the marketing part of it, the other thing is that they uh, have contacts that supersede mm-hmm. many of our institutions don't have. You know, parents get jobs, even though I know they say it's not true, it's true. Mm-hmm. Also, the fact is that there are sometimes materialistic things that they are able to obtain, you know. Uh, you know, for an example would be uh, when... Uh, my guys were playing. They're fortunate to get two pair of tennis shoes the whole year. And, you know, they got three. That's exceptional. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. Then, you know, when you get a practice uniform, you better hold on uh, to it. Yeah. it. And so, you know, but these guys have uh, trainers and managers and all these equipment managers, and they get tons of shoes and all of these kind of things. And then uh, I had this thing when I was at Payne College, and, and I do not apologize for it, uh, and I still believe it. Uh Whenever I caught a guy wearing one of the major institutions shirt around mm-hmm. campus, I had to stop and ask him, are you transferring? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> are, are they paying for your yeah. education? You know, because you're marketing that institution, mm-hmm. and yet those as, uh, athletes at those institutions do not, they do not wear right. HBCU shirts and, and attire and all of that mm-hmm. marketing us. Mm-hmm. One example would be, just one example, and I think Coach K is one of the greatest coaches that I've witnessed, well-prepared. I'm always uh, excited to watch how he gets his teams together year in and year out. And uh, that was a part of my strategy, making sure we were prepared against our opponent, regardless of what we have and what we didn't have. Uh, but, for an example, he's right there in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Now, I see there are guys and people at North Carolina Central would wear Duke's uh, shirts, mm-hmm. but yet you very seldom, practically never, yeah. going to find the athletes at Duke, at Duke wearing North Carolina Central. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something yeah. just don't add up right. to that, you know. Mm-hmm. But it goes back again to marketing because when it, when you see it, and, and my guy knew that was strictly a no no. Mm-hmm. That if you came and I gave you fifty cents, that's more than what the other schools are giving you. Therefore you have a sense of obligation to represent your institution, Mm -hmm. you know. So that's the other thing. And you get in, once again, marketing, marketing. You know, if they see a guy wearing the shirt, he come home, oh, you want this? Oh, yeah, you can have, you want these shoes? Yeah, you Mm -hmm. HBCU guys can't give away all this stuff. <laughs> right. Because yeah, yeah. I'm going to ask them, hey, where yeah. my shoes yeah. at? You I know? need them back at the end of the season. Yeah, you know, don't, yeah. don't thank them yeah, yours yeah, for yeah, good. Yeah, you know, <laughs> we got to share. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so. But you know what? I took that philosophy with me working in the high schools. And so I loved, I loved to see my students get upset. When they would see somebody in the building with somebody else's shirt yeah, on, yeah, they're yeah. like, "No, no, no! You yeah. go, you go to Cross Creek now. Yeah. You go to Butler now. Uh-huh. Why, why you got on Joe's stuff?" Yeah. And I, and if I was working at the other school, to be the same way right. because you have to have a sense of pride about pride. your school. Listen. And that's not to say I don't like that school, right? But right. It, I, I would see it where you is you 
we're trying to create a community and a sense of belonging. And that's something that HBCUs will always be on top of and are able to do. So when you see somebody that's like, hey, don't think that that institution is better because they would talk to you about it. Say like, well, well, that's the school I came from. I love that school. Oh, okay. But you're here now. So come on in, you know, join the family. So yeah, it's a, it's a different, I I, I understand that. Yeah. And it's like being in, in the house here, you know, that you don't appreciate the sacrifice that your parents have made in trying to make sure that you have a wholesome life and that you're prepared. And quit. But yet you're talking about somebody else's house all the time mm-hmm. yeah, as if yeah, you yeah. don't, and they don't do anything mm-hmm. for you. So that, that would be, you know, hurting yeah. and mm-hmm. disappointing. So right, that's right. where I always look at. You got to say something? No, you good. I felt just mm-hmm. check. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> with, hmm, with that, there are those who would challenge the idea of going to HBCU strictly on funding. Um, that you don't have a quality gym. You don't have uh, the, the weight room. First of all, let me just say, and I didn't know what a weight room was until I got to University of South Carolina. I was like, they got multiple weight rooms across campus. We have a room, and if they didn't get some equipment in there, we, <laughs> whatever we can scrunch up that's what we gonna do but what would you say to those who are trying to say that you don't well you won't be able to have the same amenities over at hbcu that you have at the bigger institution i I think i can speak directly to that better than most Mm -hmm. uh, because when i was at Payne, for an example and i always would tell my players if you dwell on the negative then you're surely mr good Mm -hmm. see because the fact is the gym is not going to beat you. Who's going to beat you? Those five players are 12 players they have on, on the other side. team. Yeah. Right. So so my attitude was to program them. Don't look at just the facility because the facilities are not, yeah, they'll help you get a better player, right. you know, in some time. But that doesn't mean that they're going to be a better team. Mm-hmm. So I thank God that we were able to beat a lot of teams that had the facilities, but, they, but we had something that they didn't have because we instilled pride. And that was the thing. We didn't have a weight room per se. We called it a weight room, you know, but it really wasn't anyway. But I would improvise. Now, I don't want any of you guys uh, calling in and telling our secrets about using them chairs, uh, the folding chairs, running them, holding them over our heads, and, and running with the tables, you know, and lifting them. and, and, uh, and pick up something heavy. Go. Yeah, you know, we, yeah, we, we don't uh, know what the weight yeah, is. Yeah, Just yeah, pick yeah, it up. It's yeah, heavy. Yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, Too we, light. Add yeah, a body yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah, somebody get did, on top you of know, it. They got, uh, and the thing is, I always believe in that, you know, whatever you got, you make the best of it because you're going to become a product of that environment. Uh, and, and and so, you know, a lot of times when people recruit, they'll come and look at your facility. And then if your facility is not up to par, you know, uh, then it, one of the things is that immediately you say, oh, man, I don't want to play in this place. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't have uh, we had cut that heat on in the gym and it was a. Uh, Boiler room, like, and when you cut it on, you couldn't cut it off. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember that. Uh, I remember that the water you would come through down from the pipes and drain into the dressing room. Mm-hmm. And we were playing Clark Atlanta. That was a time that I remember well. And Dr. Richard Cosby, a dear friend of mine. For more hilarious and insightful moments with Coach Fry, please tune in next week for part two of this episode. Also remember to subscribe to After School Talk Podcast on all podcast platforms.